Hey, it's Aldwin. And I'm Jason. This is the Ready Play Tennis Podcast. New balls, please. We put our shit together so that we can entertain you. <laughs> Oops. Come back to life, Dick Edberg. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? I, think, I feel like it's another ass comment. but Jason Jason just called you on your bluff, and you, you came back and you called us an albatross? I don't know what that is. Do you know what this is? It's called entertainment in all caps. Time. Ready? Play. Awesome. Well, great to have uh, the current um, Canadian title holder of the last 18 months. Uh, it's been 18 months since we've had a Canadian champion. So uh, we're pleased to welcome Layla Annie Fernandez to our podcast. Hi. <laughs> it's been only like a week and a half since you won uh, your first WTA title. Tell us a little bit about um, that experience. Um, well, honestly, it was definitely weird uh, because after the finals, I hopped on the plane to Miami. So I didn't really have time to settle down and celebrate it with my team. But um, a few days after Miami, when I was back home, I was finally like, like, the emotions finally settled in. I was happy. I was happy. I was home with my with my family. I was happy that I could uh, celebrate with them. And I saw like all the hard work that we've been putting, the sacrifices has been paying off and we'll keep trying to do it for the better. <laughs> and you, you know, one thing I read uh, from 2019 was that you had set some goals for yourself to win a junior grand slam and to be top 200 in the world. And now sort of just under two years later, you're, you know, winning your first title, um, you're 72 in the world and continuing to be on the rise. So what, how does that sort of um, experience and where you are now jive with where you had hoped to be? Um, well, honestly, like there's definitely a lot of positives. Um, you know, I set some goals in December or even before the preseason November to, um, to motivate myself to keep uh, reaching for the better every year without putting any unrealistic goals. I talk with my coaches and we all agree on those goals. And uh, this year, uh, it may seem hard or nearly impossible, but I, I'm set out to be in the top 10 WTA. And I think that's very possible with the way I'm playing and uh, my game. Um, I just need to like to keep getting good results uh, on every tournament and hopefully I have some luck on my side with uh, with these matches. You can do it girl. <laughs> Top 10 is totally, totally attainable. Yes. Um, we want to talk a little bit about Mexico. Yeah. Because we, I mean, you came on our radar, honestly, last year, you had an incredible run in Mexico. Mm -hmm. You got to the final of Acapulco, lost to Watson. Yeah. Um, and then this year, of course, you won Monterrey. And I'm not sure whether you saw, but on our Ready Play Tennis podcast Instagram, we posted a story of you with like a big Mexican sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we did a little emoji like, um, Viva Mexico. So we just want to know, what is it about Mexico? Is it the enchiladas? Is it the tamales? Like what about Mexico brings out your best tennis? 
well, Mexico is like a second home for me, you know. Um, for for a long time, I lived in Canada, but I have some friends in Mexico. Uh, they've been helping me a lot with my tennis journey and uh, being down there, they they were always there on my matches, especially in Acapulco. They were supporting. I would hear them in the in the stands and would like kind of like motivate me more. And then when I would go to Monterrey, it would continue on like that. And this year, I think Monterrey was especially special. Was was very special because um, uh, you know after my matches was amazing. I would like walk to the shuttle bus and I would see the people in the balconies like putting the Canadian anthem, uh, having their Canadian jersey out there. Like it had, it was like the Mexican colors, but they had like Canada and then my name on it. It was, it was just beautiful. It felt like I was really accepted in that country. And like, I felt the love and I felt like the, the will for me to keep bringing them a good tennis, uh, keep bringing mm. them like a good competition. And that's what I just try to do every, every match over there. Is there I w- a little follow-up question to that is, you know, is there something about the court itself that makes you play really well? I know that, you know, many tennis players, they go to certain tournaments and they just feel so comfortable to play their best. Is there something about that particular court? Um, maybe. Uh, I, I, don't, I didn't really notice, but I do, I do know it was very comfortable and uh, you know, just the atmosphere, just having like, the people there like accepting me and just uh just giving me like all the best opportunities I can to do my best awesome it's crazy because there were no fans so you just got the energy from the fans as you were leaving the court exactly. it was just amazing it was it was incredibly like eye-opener how much like these people love tennis and love sports love competition and it was it's what I want to bring to them yeah that's so cool. So we, I was really excited to see the the match against Sorbes Tormo because obviously she had just played our girl Eugenie in the final the previous week and she gets literally every ball back, which uh, <laughs> I hate because that's kind of what I try to do in my game. Um, but you played her so well, you moved her side to side and I really felt like you picked your spots to to. <laughs> the net and I know Alduin has a net question coming up but like how do you um how do you approach a, an opponent like her where you know it's going to be sort of a long slog match and you gotta sort of focus yeah um honestly it was a long time ago in Canada I played against uh the same style of game as Sirius Tormo just balls after balls coming back and I remember I was getting frustrated because I was hitting great shots but the balls kept coming back and I ended up losing but my dad who's who's my coach um kept telling me that one day you'll find solutions you're doing the right thing just keeping offensive going forward and uh, things will fall into place and I think that day came against Sirius Tormo where I talked to him and he just told me, be offensive. Like, don't be afraid of losing. And, you know, his mindset and his belief in my game and in, my, in me uh, helped me a lot throughout the match. And it did, um, it did put me in the right mindset to, to keep fighting for, for the win. Were you trying to be mindful of being within the margins? Because I felt you were being offensive, but 
you you weren't trying to hit the lines so much I felt no definitely I don't I don't want to hit the lines uh when it does it it hits the line but uh you know I try to hit big targets open up the open up the court as much as I can and expect that ball to come back and when it did I just try to open up in the other court and hopefully that it's a winner or it's a forced mistake can you teach me to not hit the lines? Because <laughs> I, that's what I I literally aim for the lines. <laughs> oh. I think, no, that's a good one. Because I, when I was younger, I also tried to hit the lines, wanting to hit winners, thinking that's the only way to hit winners. But, <laughs> you know, practice and practice, just <laughs> instinct of hitting the bigger targets. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And then you had your next final which would was your second what was your mind frame going into the final and and you know making it different from the last final you had in Mexico um well I was definitely more ready like more ready emotionally let's say um last year I was extremely happy and then the nerves came in like oh my god it's my first final it's like uh it's a big stadium like I I really want to win this I want to be like one for one but uh this year, I was more focused on my game. Like, I just thought of it as another match, not as a final. And that definitely helped. And it just, uh, it just like brought me to the moment and enjoy the, enjoy the match, enjoy playing on court and not just trying, going out there to win. It was more, uh, like I said, like bring that excitement to the people who are watching uh, from their balconies, watching from their TVs. I want to bring that joy of co competition even though they're not there in the stands. And I think that's what uh, brought me to the win. That's awesome. We were so happy for you. I mean, like we just splashed your win all over our, our IG page. And like, I hope you understand, like there are millions of Canadian tennis fans out there around the world that were like so happy that you got your first tournament. Oh, that, that actually feels like amazing. And it means a lot too, because like, this year it's hard to to know exactly like uh, how people feel about uh, about my game and about my tennis uh, matches because it's not they're not there physically I don't feel right. their emotions so just to see it on Instagram and seeing like all the love that they're showing it just um, I just appreciate a little bit more and it motivates a lot to motivates me a lot to keep going keep working that's awesome. Um, I don't know whether you know this, but you and I are actually twins. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't want to scare you, but you and I are pretty much the same person. Okay. So you have a birthday in September, is that right? Yes. When's your birthday? September 6th. So, okay, you're not a Libra then. No. No, you're a Virgo. Okay, so we're, we're both September babies. Okay. We're both Filipino to some extent. Mm -hmm. We're both left-handed tennis players oh and we're both, yeah, we're both French speakers. Oh, I'm a French wow. teacher. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm a French teacher here. Mm -hmm. Now, the only area where we're not twins is I don't like to go to the net at all. <laughs> like Jason, Jason is my doubles partner and he's like, honey, you have to go to the net to finish the point. <laughs> So Jason and I were wondering, because we did watch that match, that final, you played the net so effectively. So do you consider yourself a net player to some degree? And also for all of your, you know, Toronto, Montreal rec tennis fans that watch you and watch our podcast, 
what kind of tips would you give to them to kind of encourage them to go to the net? Yeah. Um, well, it's definitely a little weird because a few years ago, I, I was practicing my volleys, like normal, um, trying to bring that into my game. And in matches, I refused to go to the net because I didn't want to miss. It's a, I thought it was like the hardest shot ever. Because yes. Balls are coming back. I'm. I don't have a big wingspan, so it's easier for them to to pass me. But just that, I just kept practicing, and that match against uh, Cerebus Tormo, that it finally like clicked in. I was seeing like the angles. I was seeing like how uh, the balls like just came in like a lot slower, which was weird. Like slower for me to come in and finish in the open court uh, at the net. And I think it was just mostly instincts that came, that kicked in finally and confidence. Um, like I, I know I lost some, some net points, but it didn't really deter like the, the confidence in, in myself that I'm not gonna, I'm not good enough or I'm not gonna be able to, to win points like that. I just kept trying and kept uh, following, following my, my style, uh, kept playing on instinct and not just, uh, not just playing with fear. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's deep, Layla. Playing <laughs> with fear, my God, that's like a life lesson there. Um, and just one, one more follow-up question, because again, one of the reasons why we're twins is because you're left-handed and I'm left-handed. Jason, again, being my doubles partner, tells me all the time, why don't you use your lefty serve? Oh. Like you have a left-handed serve, why don't you hook them out wide? So are you mindful of all the lefty strategies that you have? Is that something that you talk with your coach about before you go into a match? Definitely, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, my dad uh, would always like remind, my, remind me that I'm left-handed. So use that forehand to open up on their backhand or use that slice slider on the outside to open up the court because most of the time they're going cross court to my forehand or they're going to go in the middle. So I got the whole down the line open. And um, every practice we were like, he would remind me like you're lefty so don't play through the court that's what they like that's what they're used to so just use your angles use your hands where you can open it up and uh, just see where it goes and like if they hit a great shot then they hit a great shot you just keep doing what you can do great advice mm-hmm. great advice I wanted to talk to you about what I've dubbed your Layla-isms <laughs> we have some wonderful um, routines yeah. on the court. Um, the um, quick ball bounce at the service line, the sort of jump kicks um, as you're waiting to uh, return. Um, I love also the crouch as you're about to receive serve. It's very, very deep. Um, tell us a little bit about sort of those routines, how they came about, um, and how they're sort of important to your focus. Yeah. Um, well, the, the butt kicks, uh, go behind the, before the return of serve or for the, the serve and the ball bounce came about one, during one tournament and in Quebec, it was a national tournament. I was young, I was playing in an older category. Um, 
and I remember specifically that my dad was telling me like you don't have any energy like what's happening like it you're hitting fine but your attitude and your demeanor on court doesn't seem right doesn't seem Mm. like you want to compete and I'm like what are you talking about I I do want to compete and he's like well you got to find something to like show me and like show like bring out that extra energy because I know you can do more so um, that night I think I watched Nadal play actually for the in the U.S. Open it was just so intense and I'm like you know what on my next match I'm gonna be just like him I'm gonna move my feet faster I'm gonna be more intense than than what I was and I think I lost that match but it just brought out an extra like um an extra like level of intensity, an extra level of focus, an extra level of wanting to run to the balls and win it. And since then, I just kept doing it over and over and over again. And I, I know some players are getting frustrated with me because I was taking like the time with bouncing the balls, the butt kicks. It was, it was like too much for them. How much they saw me like move, and my dad was like, "Good, like get them, get them frustrated. <laughs> Use that to your advantage." And you know, it's a, it it was born from there and I think with the routines that I've set out with the moving my feet between points uh, between games it's just so that I can calm my nerves mm-hmm. like there's some nerves there's some thoughts that go into an athlete's head that you don't want so you got to do something that's very comfortable for them and for me it's just keep moving my feet uh, being more intense and just focus on the the moment uh, right now. So that's like one way to bring back to reality and not just from the future or the past. Right. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just in the small amount of time that we spent with you, I, I'm sure Jason can agree with me, but you come off as a very grounded person, very <laughs> grounded, truly very grounded, very mature. But I think a lot of us forget you're, just 18 years old so you know one of our questions that we wanted to ask is you know especially during this time of pandemic how have you kind of kept your mind together now that you're not able to travel with your entire entourage how do you connect with your friends what does that look like for you um well it's honestly it was honestly very hard uh beginning of pandemic i was like yes, I can spend time with my family. Uh, my younger sister, we're finally at home all together and everything's great. But then as the weeks go on and like tournaments weren't going to be played, uh, I think we're, we were all a little bit disappointed and that brought our mindset to a level that we will say that it's not positive. Um, mm. And we weren't uh, on the greatest mindset of playing tennis. So we I think we took like a few weeks off, tried to do our homework, school, finish that, and try to do more things outside of the court that doesn't just define me as a tennis player, but more as a Leila Fernandez. Like I'm, I'm 18, uh, 17 at the time. I, I have lots to, to do. So we just had fun. And then a week later, let's say we, I started playing tennis again and it was feeling better. It was a lot more fun. Uh, my sister was there. We were like had these banter's on court, like uh, like sisters would would have. But at the end of the day, we were just all a family and we were having fun. And during that time, I didn't have friends to text and tell them 
I only had my sisters, my older and my younger sisters, and they were just so supportive. Like they're my best friends. Uh, Every time I have a problem, I would text my older and my younger sister and they would always be there encouraging me. Sometimes they would tell me the hard truth, which that's not what I want to hear, but it would help me to be a better person and make the right decisions. So yeah, I think I was just lucky enough to have sisters, have a great family uh, around me uh, during those times. And even now it's hard. So I would just try to text them as much as I can, FaceTime them when our schedule aligns and uh, that would bring bring me back to earth, basically. Mm. Great, that's great. Speaking of family, obviously there's a lot of great uh, Canadians making their mark now. We wondered if you have sort of um, a relationship or like a WhatsApp chat with some of the other Canadian players. And, you know, speaking of what you were talking about in terms of bringing the intensity, could we get your dad on the phone with Milos? Because I think he <laughs> could use a bit of in- that intensity that you, you have. Oh, um... Well, for, for your first question, like, yes, um, we do try to keep in touch uh, with one another uh, the, as Canadians. Like, we try to support us, uh, each other as much as we can. Um, and I'm following Bianca's uh, scores in Miami, and it's just amazing how much, uh, how much she's been through. And then now she's in the finals, and uh, hopefully we'll get a – we have another Canadian in the finals. What is it, three weeks in a row now? Uh, yeah. So that's a that's great news for us Canadians, and uh, we want to keep the momentum going as much as we can. And uh, we're just excited that if, that the Canadian tennis is on the rise, and that we want to keep uh, encouraging more younger generations playing tennis and just have them have fun on the court, and not just there to do a job, just there to have fun and play with the play with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. So we, I mean, I'm sure you know, like, as a Filipino person, anytime a Filipino person gains any kind of fame or celebrity because of their skill or, or whatever, we like to claim them. And when we, <laughs> truthfully, we do. And when we posted that we were going to interview you today, so many Filipino fans like slid into our DMs, so many Ecuadorian fans slid, slid into our DMs. And they, we essentially want to ask you what, you know, how does your identity as a Filipino or and Ecuadorian, you know, motivate you in tennis? Did you have role models? And if you can remember, my last question is like, what's your favorite Filipino food? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you know, Having having them having those both communities uh, sending me messages uh, like I read I try to read all of them but I read most of them and they just bring me like joy like it, I'm just so happy that I'm able like to touch both communities uh, the best possible way and them sending me messages just motivates me like I said more to. Uh, improve give back to the sport give back to them by playing the best tennis as I can with the best attitude and um, every every match on court I try to I try to do that I try to play beautiful tennis something that they would enjoy and uh, when I read the read those messages I see that it it is helping Um, you know I'm 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 a little disappointed with myself because 
I don't eat much Filipino food. <laughs> more Ecuadorian, South American food. And I feel bad because I do want to learn more from our Filipino, like, uh, family, like, Filipino um, lineage. But I, I've been traveling so much that sometimes I even, like, I'm, I don't even know what type of food I'm eating. <laughs> so I just try to eat a, what what's comfortable for me. But, you know. Once I get home and have more time, I'll definitely like ask my family, my mom, <laughs> to cook some Filipino food for us. I will my I will ask my mom to make you a pot of dinuguan. Ooh, have you have, have you heard of what that is? <laughs> no, I haven't, but it sounds interesting. It's like haggis, like Scottish haggis. So okay. like yeah, like intestines boiled in blood. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That would definitely be interesting, but you know, I'm willing to try. <laughs> not, before before a match. not before a match. No, yeah, not, before <laughs> not before a match. When this interview gets released, believe me, Filipinos will send you food. <laughs> they will oh, send that you would food. Be awesome. I, would, I would love that. Like, send me recipes, send me food. Like, I, I would love to try. Awesome. Um, are we going to go to the game, Jay? Yeah, I was going to say, before we get to the game... <clears throat> I do have to ask one question that a lot of people were interested in as they watched you in your semifinal and final, particularly um, the gay fans who um, listen to our podcast and watch our podcast. They were wondering who the handsome gentleman was in the stands with you and if they could get his phone number. Uh, <laughs> particularly Aldwin, who's single. <laughs> Oh, oh my God. God, you totally did me dirty. <laughs> <laughs> he threw you under the bus, huh? <laughs> oh, that's, that's funny. Um, his, his, he's actually my coach. Uh, his name is uh, Romain Dare Dare. Like, he's my ah. second coach. Like, he travels with me since my dad is traveling with my younger sister. So <laughs> and I can't be two places at once. He can't cut himself in half. So, you know, we, we brought in someone um, to the team and he's been a great addition. Um, so he's been there positive and uh, he's been helping me throughout the tough times and uh, pushing me to be better. Love um, that. The, the thing is, like, I don't know if he is single. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm to answer the question. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's got a lot of attention, but I'm glad that he's, he's, you know, helping you with your game. Obviously, that's more important than whether yeah. he's single. <laughs> no, definitely. So Layla, Jason and I on our podcast, when we interview players, we like to wrap up with a game called The Changeover. Uh-oh, okay. And so no pressure, it's just a fun little game. It basically is like a rapid fire question game. So I'm gonna either give you a choice between this or that, yeah. and you choose the one like that kind of you connect with right away. Okay. And then there's going to be a couple of like favorite questions. So. The idea here is like not to think too much, but yeah. just to kind of give your instinctual answer. Okay, I will. Sounds good? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, he's ready. All right, guys, let's go. Forehand or backhand? Forehand. Jollibee or McDonald's? McDonald's. Uh, Monterey or Acapulco? Oh, you, that's hard. <laughs> you can oh. say both if you want. I'll say both because I love both of them. <laughs> okay. Um, curly or straight? Curly. IG or TikTok? IG. Justin Bieber or Harry Styles? 
Justin Bieber. <laughs> of course, Canadian, right? He's Canadian. <laughs> um, what's the emoji that you use most on your phone? Uh, the laughing emoji. The one that's laughing and then there's tears coming out. Like, that all the time. <laughs> awesome, I like that. Um, okay, your fans also want to know, what is your favorite walkout song? So at tournaments, when they introduce you, what's the song that you would like to hear or that has been played that you're really like, yes, this is Leila Fernandez? Wow, um, that's, that's hard because every week I have a different song. <laughs> so, um, but my favorite song up to now, songs would be either Rebel Yell, Billy Idol, um, Dancing With Myself, or uh, Rock of Ages. Okay, wait, Dancing With Myself by Robin? No, or... by oh, no, Billy it's... Idol. Like, uh, gotcha gotcha okay um she's 18 but an old soul yes yes uh, okay i always wanted to know this about players and so i'm glad that we're asking you what's the weirdest thought that you've had while playing a match like have you ever thought to yourself i have to do laundry tonight <laughs> um no it's homework actually like <laughs> when when's my assignment due again oh yeah it's it's tomorrow okay so let's Okay, I still got time. <laughs> yeah. And the last question to wrap up our game, Layla, is what are your goals for the rest of 2021? Oh, that's a good question. Um, the most important goal for me is to finish the year healthy. So physically, no injuries, mentally, emotionally still wanting to play like not feeling down about myself with the end results or uh, not feeling like too good about it uh, always wanting to improve uh, but um, result wise like I said I would love to be in the top 10 in the WTA um, like it was to win a few tournaments in the WTA tour a 250 a 500 and then hopefully getting far in the in the grand slams in the second week amazing so amazing well we're very excited to have had a chance to chat with you who knows what's going to happen and whether we'll get to see you here in canada we're on lockdown again if you haven't oh, heard no. uh, so, i'm hoping everybody's staying safe and uh, healthy and like soon all this will be over yeah. and i we're so excited and hopefully you know the rogers cup happens hopefully, hopefully. yes I'm, I'm crossing my fingers i really want to go back to canada play rogers cup that's one of my favorite tournaments to play in Amazing. Layla, one more thing that we forgot to mention. Um, when things are safe again, obviously Jason and, play, Jason and I play on the Gay and Lesbian Tennis Association Tour. There are tournaments in, in Montreal, Coupe de la Reine, that happens. Also yeah. in Toronto called the CGO, the Canadian Gay Open. We extend a warm welcome and invite you to those tournaments anytime you're free. And believe me, like the Toronto and Montreal fans are just crazy for you. So we'd love if you could visit. Oh, definitely. When I'm in town, I'll be, I'll be like texting you. I'll be there. <laughs> I'll be there running. <laughs> amazing. I like it. It's amazing. Thank you again, Layla. We wish you all the best in 2021. And we will see you at the end of the year when you're in the top 10. Yes, thank you. Hopefully I'll see you at the Rogers Cup, actually. So. Yes. Great. Okay, have a great day. Thanks, Layla. Bye, Layla. Bye. Thank you.
We're here for your tennis-tainment, or your tentertainment, or whatever it is. But if you like what we're serving up, please give us a five-star review. And like, share, and subscribe, and like such as. Wait, one more thing. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Ready Play Tennis Podcast.